The Real Estate Talk Podcast, Season 2, with Robert Kyleman and Joshua Britt. That's correct. Featuring topics about real estate nobody is talking about. The Real Estate Talk Podcast starts now. Alright, Real Estate Talk Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. I'm about to get into something extremely controversial in the real estate industry. Stay tuned for more. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a homeowner, I don't know, home buyer, thinking about buying a house in the future, um, or you are in some way connected to the real estate industry as an agent, lender, or whatever, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned as we get into it. This all circles around the the uh, Burnett uh, case, uh, Seltzer Burnett, which one is Sitzer it? Burnett. Sitzer Burnett case involving the National Association of Realtors. And for those who don't know what the National Association of Realtors or NAR is, those are that's the largest trade organization in the United States. And anybody with the R next to their name or realtor in their tagline or byline or their signature is a member of that organization. So recently they got slapped with a $1.8 billion fine from a uh, a case that they lost. And it could get up to $5 billion or maybe even excess of it when it's all said and done. So this all goes back to, was it Sitzer Burnett? And before that one, or just before that one, it was um, Moeller versus NAR. You know, basically what happened was, it's all centers around buyer agent commissions. Okay. So um, typically what it used to be like is a seller would pay for the listing side and the buyer side of the brokerage commissions or real estate agent commissions, right? So what would happen is a listing agent would come up to a home buyer or home seller and say, Hey, look, it's going to be 6% commission. And they would split it three and three with the other side, which was the buyer side. Now, what this uh, what this is this uh, this whole thing is is uh, the the court cases or whatever. It's not allowing the seller to pay for that buyer agent commission. Essentially, okay, I'm going to put it down in the soups and nuts here. So they want the buyers to pay their own buyer agent commission. You know, as a homeowner, sounds cool to me because look, do I as a homeowner want to pay for some dude? who's representing or do that, who's representing the buyer to come in and negotiate against me, lower me down on price, ask me for some shit like closing cost assistance, which could cost me 3% of my purchase price. Maybe they want to come in, drop my asking price. Maybe they want to hit me up with a bunch of repairs. Why do I want to pay that mother flower money to do that to me? doesn't sound right right and, and as a homeowner that sounds reasonable not wanting to pay that guy so that's kind of a win right not so much man uh, you know ladies and gents out there it, and this is a compi think about russian nesting dolls where everything is compiled on top of each other right this affects a lot of things that ultimately comes full circle and affects the home seller, unfortunately. So we'll get more into that. But before we do that, we'll go ahead and go on the table for introductions like we normally do. But it's just me and Josh today because there are so many frightened 
real estate professionals out there that nobody would agree to come on the podcast this time to talk about this issue because they're all clutching their purse strings so tight because they're afraid they're going to be losing money. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Everybody's going to lose money in this. And it doesn't, if if you don't speak up about it, you know what? Let the people know what they need to know. Yeah, there, there's only one person who wins in this whole situation here, and it's the lawyers. Lawyers, you know? for sure. I, I did some research. I did some research in it, and home sellers, you, you may choose to ban into this, and there's a bunch of postcards being mailed out to people who sued, sold homes since 2008, but the reality is is when you do the historical breakdown on class action lawsuits the amount of money that's paid to the lawyers who represent them is normally between the range of 33 and 40%. Damn. So let's just take this Sitzer Burnett trial or case for example. Yeah. And let's just say the payout was 1 billion dollars. A whopping 1 billion dollars. The attorneys if given 40% would make 400 million dollars. Now, that's the pot calling the kettle black. See, they're coming after real estate agents, the National Association of Realtors, and everyone in the real estate industry saying that there was collusion that was going on, but it's the furthest thing from the truth. Real estate agents were never a part of any collusion. They never would be a part of any collusion. The most successful real estate agents are predominantly type A, very competitive. They may be Sigma type people yeah, who would like cut another type. agent's throat yeah. before they collude with them. Oh, no, 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 no. Real estate agents are not friends, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Out there, listen, the only person in real estate I I mostly trust is Josh, you know, because we've been working together for so long, but... At the end of the day, too, I know my good friend is going to do what's in his best interest, too. So it's okay. And I understand that. And I realize that. But real estate agents in general will outcompete each other for a listing, for a buyer, for a flip on a house. And we try to, you know, get investment properties. It's just what it is. It's just hyper competitive. And nobody are friends. No, they're not. In fact, it's awkward. It's awkward when you walk yeah, you get into a bunch room of us in a room yeah. of real estate agents because everybody who, looks at each other like gunslingers. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> very competitive. Yeah. So for the lawyers who are involved to perpetrate the lie that there was some type of collusion that was going on, it's false, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, only, we don't collude for shit. The only people sure. who are losing in this situation is everyone else. Yeah. And we're going to break all that down as we get further into this podcast. But let me make it clear right now. The only people who lose in this situation is everyone but the attorneys who are prosecuting these cases. Yeah, they're just being opportunists, as lawyers do. You know, that's what they do. In my experience. In my opinion. Yeah. Legal talk. So (laughs) let's talk about... Recently, there was a court case that was settled along the same pretenses as the Sitzer Burnett case. Mm -hmm. And a Boston judge agreed to a settlement 
in which a $3 million payout was given. Less than 24 hours after that case was closed, the DOJ's antitrust division said, hey, we're going to reopen this. We don't believe that the settlement will prevent further incidences. My opinion on all of this is this right here. This is the result of being in a seller's market for way too way long. Way too long. Way too long. I can remember in 2017, this be discussion, there's a buyer's market. 18, 2019, sellers were given buyer's agents thousands of dollars oh, in shit. bonuses. Not just that. It's like, oh, you want a new HVAC system? Whatever you want. Just buy my fucking house. They were paying so much more to sell their houses in 2017, 18, 19, that these postcards that these attorneys are sending out in the mail that are fighting for commissions don't even compare. I've negotiated for sellers to pay a buyer's car payment pay their car completely off, buy out their early termination of leases to sell their houses. Oh, yeah. So how is it that in everything that sellers were doing to sell their houses prior to this seller's market of 2020 and the COVID epidemic, um, how was all of that forgotten? Oh, it'll come back around. Yeah, Watch. How, come back how is all of that forgotten? And the only thing that these attorneys are targeting are the commissions that were paid because I got cars paid off. $12,000 on your car. No problem. Here you go. We'll pay that off as part of debt reduction underneath the VA home loan. I've had that done. I've done that for my clients. I think, and I was a buyer's agent. Yeah. But I think what they're trying to argue here is that, you did all that for a client, but then at the end of the day, the seller has to pay you to do all that to them. doesn't matter. It's the cost of doing business. Yeah. That's what this is. You want to sell your house, there's a cost to do business. Yeah. You want to play in this marketplace, there's a cost to do business. Well, I know what some will say, like, well, I'll just sell this shit myself. I'll just put it on. Yeah, there's plenty of Fizbos every day who try to sell houses themselves, and they're not so successful. The d- average days on market forum is 41, and at day 42, they're calling a real estate agent in order to come list their property because they realize that it's not as easy as they thought it was going to be. Mm. If it was as simple as putting a house on an MLS or putting a- on Zillow, uh, and it was just going to sell, it was going to magically sell itself, then there would be nobody who would be using agents everyone be would be a fizzbo yeah it's not sure. that simple though no there's a lot to this process we're gonna break more of it down and most fizzbos by the way offer a buyer's agent commission yeah no shit so they, like they literally <laughs> the people who aren't paying commissions to listing agents well, are willing to don't pay want as a listing agent yeah they, they're willing to pay a commission to the buyer's agent but they don't want to pay it to the listing agent. So why are buyer agent commissions under attack? Um, they just think that it's uh, not right for the seller to pay the buyer agent commission. I think it goes deeper than that. I think it's more beyond that. I think there's a multi-billion dollar, what is it, $40, $60 billion a no, year industry? It's, it's way more than that. In yeah. our MLS alone, People we just do want a piece somewhere of the pie in the neighborhood of, of five is, to six billion. But yeah. here's the thing. The only person who's going to lose in this situation is those home sellers 
who feel that they don't want to offer a commission. Because here's the thing. You got builders out there right now who are doing 4% commissions to buyer agents. They're offering several incentives for them. There's some that are offering a $15,000 raffle for the, uh, the, the next 12 agents who sell yeah, their those, new construction houses. Yeah. There are several investors who rehab houses with the understanding that they're going to pay a buyer agent a commission. And you know why? Because they understand the value of what a buyer agent brings to the table. Well, I'll tell you what, as investors right now, we'll still offer a buyer agent commission when we list our property. 1,000%. You want to know why? Because if you're, and again, we're agents, got it. But, you know, if we were to have, if we were not agents and we were to hire a listing agent, we're just hiring that agent to sell the house. But if we offer a buyer agent commission, I'm hiring every motherfucking agent on the MLS to bring me a motherfucking buyer. Multiple offers, preferably. That's right. And for sellers who are trying to sell, just like investors are trying to sell for profit, just like builders are trying to sell for profit, every one of us, investors and builders, understand there's a cost of doing business. Yeah. It's already Which factored in. goes back to what I said earlier. If you want to be a seller and you want to say, hey, I'm not going to pay a buyer agent a commission, good luck. Good luck. You are the opposite of a FISBO. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, your agent who's telling you, your agent that told you, oh, I'm going to be able to sell your house, they just lied to you. They need every other agent in the MLS to sell your house. At the end of the day, the listing agent actually does the least amount of work. I would I would agree with that. And actually, if I was a listing agent and they were going to after zero on the buyer agent commission side and I had to bring the buyer, this is what I would tell a seller. Okay, great. You know, normally what we do is we have open houses on the weekends. Well, I got to showcase this house and get it sold. So what we're going to do is I need to have an open house Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So when you get home from work at four o'clock, I need you out of the house. So basically when you get home from work, you got to get the dog, the kids and everything out of the house, skip dinner, go hang out in the park somewhere, go, uh, you know, I don't know, go out to dinner somewhere and wait every day until I can get a buyer who doesn't have an agent so I can write an offer for them for you so that I can sell your house. That's what it's going to be like. Yeah. I mean, there's so many levels of this that's not being talked about. And the sellers, they're the ones who are the most least informed, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, those people who think they're going to list their house at, with a 0% buyer agent commission and they're going to sell it or their agent is going to sell it, they're sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. Their house is going to sit on the market a lot longer. And in the end... When it's on the market 90 days, 120 days, you've lost money just because you keep paying a mortgage payment on that house every month that it doesn't sell. Not only that, you know, the agent's going to, he's going to tell you if it's been on the market over 30 days, they're going to say, hey, you need to drop the price. You need to drop the price. Yeah. Nobody wants to buy it at this price. Dropping the price isn't the answer. They ain't going to do shit because there's no agents out there with buyers. Listen, if you're a seller out there and you decided to listen to your real estate agent who said, hey, go ahead, list this with 0% commission, we'll get it sold. 
old. Fire them. And Fire listen, them and, and, and you're not getting any showings and no one's asking to see your house. There's a very good reason why no one's seeing your house. It's because your commission that you're offering is not high enough. Even if you're offering 1%, it's not high enough. Because listen, everybody values their own time and their own work that they put into it. As a buyer's agent, you are driving around a client, showing them multiple houses per day. You are burning a lot of gas. And by the way, right now, gas is not the cheapest thing uh, that you can use (laughs) your money with. So if you're out there driving around, showing a buyer 30 houses in a weekend, and they're like, eh, no, we didn't see anything we really want this weekend. Maybe next weekend we'll find what we want. Then you're out there another weekend showing another 30 houses. That buyer agent may have to show 90, maybe 120 houses before they actually find the house that the buyer wants to offer on. That's a heck of a lot more work than a listing agent who just does 30 minutes of listing paperwork and a (laughs) quick hour interview with you. And trust me, I know I am predominantly a listing agent. If you check my track record, I have more listings than I have uh, buyers. Um, But I do have a fairly equal number. It's about a 55, 45, but it is a lot easier and a lot less work for me just to list a house than it is to work with the buyer. And I'll go on the record and say it again. We have no one else in the studio with us today because no one else wants to talk about this topic. No, no. And it's crazy. It's not like for a lack of uh, effort that we try to get guests on here. We went from like lawyers to lenders to everything we could possibly get to get somebody on here. And nobody wants to dare comment on this. It's because it's going to monumentally affect the entire real estate industry. And, you were talking about what a buyer agent does to show homes and stuff like that. It's more than just opening up a door. You guys don't realize when a person comes as a buyer to us, it's not like they come out of nowhere and they say, Hey, I'm ready to buy a house. Let's go. No, it doesn't start like that. A lot of times what it is, is we have some sort of advertising out there, whether it be Google or through Zillow or some other, uh, some other platform. And what happens is, is that buyer's not ready to buy a house right now. They're just kind of thinking about it. They're not, serious yet this takes anywhere from three months minimum to nine very minimum three months (laughs) to a year plus that you as the buyer agent or want to be their buyer agent you have to sit with them and guide them and talk to them and answer their questions late at night and all these things because if they're a first-time home buyer especially it becomes very difficult for them because this is all new this is very scary this is a huge purchase This is not like just going to the car dealership and buying a car or going to Zales and buying a wedding ring. This is, this is really serious stuff. So of course they're very concerned. They, they, they read a bunch of shit on Reddit and don't know what to do. So you, as the agent, you have to guide them, keep things calm and show them the light and show them and educate them as you go until they're ready to buy. And then you got to get them to the right lender, which by the way, in our business, you have every motherfucking hand up saying they want to be a lender and rep and help you with your buyers. So you got 50 fucking lenders wanting to be your, you know, go-to lender. Yeah, you're number one. I'll be your number three. I'll yeah. be your number five lender. Like, I'm not trying to be your number one. I just want to be your number five lender. Yeah, <laughs> phone calls, emails, and all this shit for, for agents all the time. But anyway, by the time you get the, that, that buyer pre-qualified for that loan... So that they are, they have, they're in a position to buy. This took over sometimes uh, almost two years in the making. 
So who wants to put that much time into getting that buyer ready to go if they're not going to get paid shit? Yeah. Why they're just then you would say okay, well, well then well we're just going to you know tell the buyer that they need to pay you know their buyer agent commission. Well, peep game, peep game. Not everybody has 20, 25% to put down on a conventional loan. A lot of folks will go with the FHA option if they're not going with the VA zero money down loan for those veterans and active duty. We're going to get more into that too yeah, in, a, in a second. But an FHA buyer, check this out. If they're trying to get a $400,000 loan, mm. okay, they need Good to luck. put 3.5% down. Okay, 3.5% down on a $400,000 house is $14,000. Okay, they also have to, so they have to save that. Mm -hmm. okay, we're talking about middle-income people here, mostly at the $400,000 range. Oh, yeah. Okay, not only that, they have to put their earnest money deposit down. It varies by state, but let's say in our state, $1,000, kind of normal around that range. Mm -hmm. Home inspection fee, $400. Appraisal fee, $600. Closing costs from your lender. This is what the motherfucking lender is going to charge you. Yep. About 3% on average, the purchase price, probably a lot more, but a little bit more, but around 3%. Let's just say that for easy math. Yeah, it's not 100% the lender, but it's a good part of it is the lender. They charge loan origination, points, things All like that. All those junk fees and shit. But you, so, you yeah. do have your homeowner's insurance and the closing oh, yeah, costs that's a, as well. You know, prepaid taxes yeah. you know, and all that yeah. other shit. But, but there's a bulk of it that goes to the lender. Well, let's just say for the fuck of it. Let's just say 3%, $12,000. Yep. Okay. That's another twelve grand. Okay. Now, you have to pay your own buyer agent commission, too. Oh, yeah. That's another 3%. Let's say 12000 again. Mm -hmm. So for a $400,000 house, FHA buyer, middle-class person, needs to come up now if they're going to pay their own buyer agent commission. $40,000 motherfucking dollars. Yeah. $40,000. So out of the old way where, where the seller would have paid the buyer agent commission, they would only have to come up with 28000 So this is what this is going to do. Okay, that's more money that a middle-income person has come up with in this scenario that's pushing the goalpost down even further of homeownership. You're going to have less buyers in the market. And everybody has to realize when they think about their home values, what that really means. Okay, oh, how much money will this add to my house if I do X, Y, and Z? Well, this is what it comes down to. It's what the buyer is willing to pay for your house. It's market value, just like copper, lumber, I don't know, oil. It's yeah. all about supply and demand. You've got less people demanding your shit because they can't afford it. Afford it. Yep. Your home values are going to drop, 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 because who's going to buy your shit if they can't afford to buy it? Yeah. But the other thing, what it's going to do is, is it's going to make those people who are investors, builders, and savvy home sellers, mm -hmm. it's going to make them get the money that they deserve because yeah. buyers are going to have to naturally gravitate towards the listings that are offering a buyer agent commission because $40,000 just isn't going to, it's not going to be enough. They're not going to be able to save that, that, that much money. They're not. Um, and listen, we, we, we've done this. Like I've been doing this for 10 years. I've very rarely come across clients who are putting $40,000 down oh, in order to, no. to buy a house. No, no. All right. And it's definitely not a $400,000 house. It's a million plus thousand of uh, million plus home that they're putting that much money down or yeah, more. That's on. the only people that's going to have money like that. Exactly. So, but for those builders, they're going to do business and it's going to be like yesterday. <laughs> it's not going to affect them any, right? And if you're a home seller and you're asking yourself of whether or not you should put 
uh, buyer agent commission down. Well, ask yourself, why would a builder who is a for-profit person offer a commission? Then ask yourself, why would an investor who's in the business of flipping houses to make money, why would they offer a commission? Because they know that the commission is what drives the sale. If you're out there... Yeah, it is. It's the carrot that's dangling to bring everyone to the transaction to the table to make it happen. But if you're a seller out there and you think you're just going to make a bunch of money and you're going to be able to keep everything that you want and get everything that you want, you are sadly mistaken because that house will sit just like the Nobody's going to demand it. Nobody's going to demand it. That's right. Because it's not that they're not going to demand it, but why would they? Who wants to pay an extra $12,000 on a $400,000 house when there's another house right over here that maybe not the best, but mm, the square footage isn't the same, but we can live with that. Mm. Uh, the kitchen's not updated, but with the $12,000 that we're going to save from not paying a buyer agent commission, mm-hmm. we could make ourselves a gourmet kitchen that we really want. Yeah. So in the end, the sellers who fall victim to this propaganda that's being put out that you don't have to pay a buyer agent commission, you're the one who loses in this whole thing. Yeah, because, you know, you got to think about shoe on the other foot thing like you were just explaining. So if you're a a homeowner, I'm a homeowner too, so I got to look at it from my perspective as well. If I'm thinking I'm going to save money by not paying a buyer agent commission, the home buyer is also thinking something similar, but for their needs. Absolutely. Everybody is in this for their own needs. Yeah. And that's the reason why the word collusion should never be uttered in real estate. No, there's no agents are colluding for no shit. No one is colluding in this industry. No, I we're promise all competition you that. against each other. It is backbiting 101. Backstabbing <laughs> everything you can think of. No, that's nobody's colluding are. here. Yeah, we hate on each other all fucking day. Yeah. There's, no, there's no way we're colluding. But... Again, I would be curious to see the data on the how many listings pre-2020, the seller's market that's going on that was actually created due to COVID. Um, it wouldn't be here. If COVID never happened, this seller's market would have never happened. So for all these lawsuits to go back to 2008 after the last housing market collapsed, why didn't it go back to 2001? Well, I'll tell you what, let's see how, uh, you know, we were just talking about our, you know, our colleagues and stuff, the real estate agents. Did you know at that, at that lawsuit, the, 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 uh, the, against the NAR Sitzer Burnett and, uh, okay. You know, there's some people that settled already. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So guess who settled? This is basically, they bent the knee. Yep. They kowtowed. So anywhere that's the owner of Caldwell Banker, Century 21, Sotheby's, Era Real Estate, Better Homes and Gardens, Remax, and Keller Williams all bent the knee and said, we'll settle. I think some of them were like 70 million, something like that, when I was reading in the articles. Some, yeah. Yeah. But listen, again, it speaks to the point that there's no collusion in real estate because, <laughs> listen, if there was collusion in real estate, every one of these brokerages that you just named off, they would be palling behind the NAR saying, hey, look, we're throwing our money behind you. We're in. What's up? 
There's only one brokerage that is standing with the NER at this point. That's Home Services of America in Berkshire and Hathaway. They're going to make out. They're going to make out because they are proving they're standing ten toes down on this and saying, listen, there's no collusion. Yeah. All of these other brokerages, they've settled because they're, that's how real estate is. It's cutthroat anyway. So the, they all accepted that they're going to bail out. Okay, pay us this much money and you can get out of this and we'll let you out. Right? There's no collusion in real estate. There's nobody in this industry who's going to be your friend. There's no brokerage that is a friend of a brokerage. None of it. It's all competitive. It's all competition. It is a A-type personality, dominant trait industry. You know, you know what's fucking crazy about this right so the sensor burnett thing right um it's centered around nar's clear corp uh cooperation policy and compensation requirements in the multiple listing service also known as the mls yep. if everybody's ever yep. heard of that <clears throat> so basically uh the mls requirements uh, or NAR, nar's policy whichever the one it was uh said that the buyer the seller had to provide a buyer agent something. Couldn't be zero, at very least, one, one cent. Yeah, listen, it yeah. couldn't be zero because guess what? No one works for zero. <laughs> no one works for zero. But, In what industry has anyone ever worked for you for zero? But that's the thing. So, like, even though NAR's willingness to accept one penny, uh, you know, the, the sellers offer at least one penny, uh, That I guess that was enough to determine that, it was an unacceptable to like the plaintiffs. So that's how all this litigation is happening. Well, why did end up? Because they're feeling who, like they're why forced all, to do it. Listen, why didn't they offer a penny? Nobody's going to offer a fucking penny. And that's right. Because you know why? <laughs> they know no one fucking works for a penny. No. Nobody's so going to work for that. Listen, real estate agents want the same level and respect as anyone else. Why do attorneys charge ridiculous retainer fees? Yeah, no shit. Yo, again, the pot calling the kettle black. Listen, the attorneys are the only people who are making any money in this transaction. Sellers, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah. Don't think that you're just going to be able to tackle this on your own. There are several people who tried to sell their house on their own as Fizbo's, and that didn't work out for them. Don't be that person. I mean, <clears throat> look, at the end of the day, homeowners can do whatever the hell they want and figure it out on their own. You know, maybe they'll get lucky, maybe they won't. I'll tell you what, as investor, I'm going to continue offering it. I'm going to continue offering it because... Because we're smart and we know what drives to sell. The money is what drives to sell. And it drives everything in this society. It literally drives everything in this society. If the attorneys weren't going to get any money out of the sale or out of this litigation, well, they, they wouldn't do it. No. They wouldn't file a lawsuit for you if they weren't getting paid. No, Nobody <laughs> works for the goodness of their heart. No, no matter as, pro bono yeah, shit. No matter as much as they want you to believe, they're not working this just for the goodness of their heart. And no buyer agent is going to work pro bono. So, well, we got more to this, but this really, it, it, look, it makes me f sound bad doing this when I say this, but by not offering a buyer agent commission, that really disenfranchises certain other groups, not just people with lower income. I'll tell you what, lower income folks with uh, under 620 credit scores, you guys are fucked in this, completely fucked. And the reason why is because, number one, they can't hire their own agent. They can never afford to pay a buyer agent commission. That's correct. That's the number one thing.
Number two is this builders don't build houses cheap enough for you to qualify for it now. No, nope. there's no such thing as affordable new construction. No, there's not. We, we talked to builders. We talked about it. Yeah. We had it in the last podcast on one of our previous podcasts anyway. Yeah. So therefore you're kind of in kind of limbo. Unfortunately, there may be a rehab that comes along where an investor is going to pay a buyer agent commission <laughs> And it's something that's in the affordable range for you. Um, but other than that, it's going to be very difficult for lower income families to buy houses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a few months ago, we did a podcast on where we were like, why are billionaires buying up a bunch of houses? And why are companies like, I think it was JP Morgan and a few others that were contracting builders to buy, build nothing but rentals for them? Yeah, with long term lease contracts. Yeah, they knew this was coming. Yeah. They knew that this was going to create a culture of renters. Well, this is perpetuating it and, and pouring gasoline on that because what's happening now is <clears throat> by a buyer hiring, I'm, I'm telling you, right? Everybody, look, homeowners, you're probably like, well, I don't want to pay still. Like, listen, I, I get it. You, It's not something you want to pay. As a homeowner myself, I don't want to pay for a buyer agent commission. But I understand the necessity behind it because there's so much areas of the industry that requ- that rely on the buyer agent. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. So not only do first time home buyers, they need that agent. They need that agent. Now, if you're a seasoned homeowner and you've owned a couple houses or a house before, this may not apply to you because you, you get it, you understand it. But a first time home buyer, man, look, they're like deer. They're skittish as shit. They don't necessarily want to commit to it. They're not sure if they want to do it. Their parents bought when they were 40. Whatever the reason may be, they're not really willing to commit because they're scared. They're not sure if this is the right time. All this other shit, okay? You get you get the first-time home buyers out of the mix. Now you're wet left with the seasoned professionals, uh, home buyers, okay? I'll tell you what. They're not going to be nice to you. They'll drop you 30, 40 grand on your price. They will ask you for a ton of shit. And if you have no other buyers uh, showing up, that's your buyer. That's who you're working with. But, and, and what a buyer agent does and, and what helps out is, you know, they help negotiate the process. You know, actually, you know, a lot of times buyer agents will, will help check their buyers and say, hey, look, you know, hey, you want to negotiate, you should, probably shouldn't drop them 30 G's if they've only been on the market a day. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it gives you some good advice on how to negotiate in order to get that, pro- that, that transaction finished and move on. Yeah. I well, mean, this is how I sum it up. The buyer's agent is the face of the transaction. Sure. That's it. Yeah. Like the listing agent starts the transaction. They have their names on their signs, yeah, their they, faces on their exactly. signs. Exactly. They start yeah. the transaction, but the buyer's agent is the it. face of the transaction. Yeah. The buyer agent has to get this buyer to commit to the property get them to a lender, get them qualified for the loan program, do the home inspection, negotiate repairs, calm first-time home buyers' fears about repairs. Mm-hmm. And right. then they get, all scared the house is falling apart. Exactly. Like one and, little problem. And then get the buyer to the appraisal, through the appraisal, through the final walkthrough, and then to closing. Right. The listing agent shows up at a house, and again, for those haters who are out there, I know somebody's critiquing me. I'm <laughs> predominantly a listing agent, so check my stats. But 
you show up to a listing appointment, you speak to the seller, you build rapport, you, you know, build the business relationship that's necessary to show them that you are qualified to represent them and list their house and negotiate on their behalf to the best of your ability. But without the buyer agent, most times the house doesn't get sold. No. And you can go back and fact check this. Um, I There's probably less than 10% of all the real estate done, at least in our area, where the listing agent actually represents the- Both of them. Selling, the, the buyer's agent, right? Yeah. And not to brag, but I am the number 23 agent in Hampton Roads MLS. And out of the 81 deals I did last year, eight of them were double-ended, but I'm in the less Double-ended meaning I, you, you represent the buyer both. side and the seller side of the transaction. Exactly. As a dual but, agent. But I'm in the top less than one-half percent of this industry. And so if I only did 10%, there's no way the other 99.5% did better than 10%. Yeah. So it's a lot more difficult in that It's a hundred percent more difficult. It's not as easy as, oh, I'll just list your house and I'll get your buyer also. No. Mm-mm. Only in 10% of those cases did that happen for me. So check this out. So another thing, another, another uh, section of the real estate profession that rely on buyer agents like a lot yeah. are lenders. So... Uh, most agents have some sort of preferred lender either through a some sort of agreement with their brokerage which that is the real estate company think if you're thinking keller williams or caldwell banker you know just naming off names that's a brokerage and uh the people that work under there are the agents or salespersons or whatever but they have their own business to business relationships and they have to disclose that of course but all these lenders in here that are not taking this seriously uh, of the buyer agent commission being in jeopardy, I would really, really take this to heart because if you have less buyer agents sending you referrals, where are you getting your business from? Yeah. Okay. Because if you're a known lender, a known bank, let's let's just say some names, Chase, Bank of America, or whatever, whatever, whoever that home buyer is going to get the loan, likely they'll go to their own bank that they do banking with, mm-hmm. or they'll go through the name that everybody knows their name. Potentially. Potentially. <laughs> but I think so, because who knows who has ever heard of XYZ mortgage company? Realistically. Well, yeah, I, I get it. But here, here's where, I mean, because we're going to get into this, right? Yeah. So there are a lot of referral programs that are out there, right? Oh, these guys and, are and, fucked. And a lot of times, buyers don't know they're in a referral program. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, it, but here, if you're out there and you're like, hmm, am I in a buyer referral program? Here's typically how it goes. It is some lender... Mm-hmm. I'll just name a few of them that I know have programs. Yeah. Navy Federal Credit Union. Yep. Rocket Mortgage. Yep. 
um, uni- Veterans United. Yeah. Veterans United. Yeah. They're supposed to serve our veterans. And it's Does a there any veterans program. actually work there? I don't know. It's questionable, but maybe there's somebody <laughs> who works there. We're veterans, then, by the way. Just saying. 100% veterans. Um, retired veterans at that. But then we have, we come to Zillow. Yeah. They're, oh, they are. They That's have a, a lot to extrapolate program. right there. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. So let's break down the lenders first. Okay. Yeah. The lenders that. usually work like this. Hey, buyer, if you use our lending services, our home loan, and you use our agent, who most of these agents are substandard, and I'm sorry if you're offended by that comment, but... They're substandard agents. I get complaints all the time from buyers who are in buyer referral programs that their agent is substandard. Um, That agent gives a portion of their commission back to the lender who referred them. Uh And then the lender who referred them gives a portion of that money back to the buyer in the form of an incentive. Yeah, it makes your closing costs. A it little could bit be cheaper. closing costs. It could be like you get it a uh, rebate or something, right? And what do they do with the other part of the commission? They oh, they pocket it. it. They put oh. it in their pocket. This is a money yeah. making stream for, of income for them. Oh, now, man. now here's where it gets tricky. Yeah, in an environment where the buyers are paying their own commission. Yeah. If you, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, decide to be a part of any of these referral programs and you have to pay your real estate agent their commission in order to get this incentive, you are essentially working with this agent, paying them to work for you, and then the agent gives 30, 40, 35%, 40% of their commission back to the referring you source for already, that you paid way. for already, only for them to say, hey, thank you for doing business with us. Here's $1,800 of your mm, $10,514,000 commission that you paid to your agent back. <laughs> you literally paid for your representation twice. Oh, man. <laughs> so... I don't, it's, I'm laughing. It's not necessarily funny. We're the, talking, we're, we're telling you about behind the scenes shit yeah, that comes on with real estate. The stuff that they're not going to tell you is mm-hmm. what we're telling you. That's why we're here tonight by ourselves. But the reality is, is if somebody, some lender is offering you an incentive to use them, you're in a referral program. Yeah. And if you have to pay your commission to your buyer's agent, any amount, 1%, 2%, 5,000, a flat fee, whatever it is, if you have to pay them a commission and then the lender pays you back, then essentially you paid the lender twice to give you- In your closing costs and in that referral. Yeah, you pay them to give you an inflated rate, which most of the referral programs have an inflated rate because there's a cost of doing business that they associate with advertising. I said the cost of doing business, sellers pick up on that. Uh, if lenders are willing to pay a cost to do business, you should pay a cost to do business as well. You should at least accept the idea that you might have to pay a cost to do business. Um, but buyers- there's a reality that you may end up paying for your own incentive that these lenders are offering to you. You know, there's, there's, there's other incentive programs. Let's talk about Zillow. Cause since we both were premier agents, oh, yeah. so Zillow premier agents. So we were part of this program where we would buy leads from Zillow. So what that means is basically you guys buyers, when you're out around, ha 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 ha, searching around Zillow, clicking on properties, contact agent, you think you're 
you know, getting to the listing agent, but you really never are. You're going to the buyer never agent. Never to listing agent. No, no, no. It's always the buyer agent well, who is. Paying. They do have a new program, but the yeah. listing agent has to pay for it in order to get the li- the leads sent directly to them. But Lead is being you guys, the the buyers, the users, the yeah. users on that website. So Zillow had this other program. It was called their Flex program. So basically, what they would do is they would have agents in a local area. And they would take what thirty five percent of whatever commission they got and send it back to Zillow. So, if homeowners don't <laughs> require uh, or are not going to pay a buyer agent commission, what does Zillow get? Nothing. Well, I, well, unless the buyer they, pays for it. Yeah, the buyer is going to have to pay for it. They're yeah. literally paying Zillow to shop for houses on their <laughs> website. When you think about the dynamic of that, in all of the things that the the lawsuits are tackling, you would think these referral programs would be a part of this tackling, right? Yeah. Because a lot of this stuff here that they're doing is mm, questionable. Yeah. Say you the know, least. To, to say the least, it's questionable. But yeah, you're right. If you are a buyer and you're shopping on Zillow and you happen to click on the request the more information button, there is a chance that you get sent to a agent who is one of Zillow's flex partners. And then that agent will have to pay 35% of their commission back to Zillow. But if you're the buyer and you have to pay your own commission... Did you just pay Zillow 35% to shop for houses yes, on did. their website? Yes, you did. When you could go to any website and it's free. Right. <laughs> so like literally, let, like, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. There are so many other aspects of the real estate industry that need to be tackled and be taken down. But they're coming after the agents who do all the work, by the way. Yeah. The fact that the house shows on Zillow is only there because the listing agent listed the house. House. Mm-hmm. The fact that a buyer may buy a house may come from the fact that Zillow shows it on there and they've advertised themselves and become like the number one place where buyers shop um, for homes. Uh, that's a possibility. But the agent, the buyer's agent is the one who does all of the heavy lifting, driving around, showing the houses, open the doors, writing the talking, offers, writing the offers yep. t- keeping talking the buyer off the ledge. Yeah, because they're like scared deer. Yeah, I mean, every first little, time home buyer, it's like, yeah. hey, like, oh, oh my, my god. god, there's termites. What do I do? Uh, forget this house. Move on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. That's or what I quit. Think. I don't want to do. It. I just go rent. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more work that's done on the buyer side, and the buyer's agents actually earn their commission. And I would listen, definitely if, agree. So. If I didn't believe... More so than the listing agents. Yeah, if I, agree. I didn't believe that the buyer's agents earn their commission, I would sit here and tell you flat out they don't deserve their commission. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. No, they're the hardest working agents. They are. They are the hustlers that drive this industry. Yeah. Most of the listing Somebody agents... Somebody has to pay them. Exactly. Okay. But... Most of the listing agents I know are the ones that just sit back and drink coffee in the office all day. They do Instagram videos. Yeah, they got some agent, they got some name for themselves, and they're not actually out there beating the streets anymore. No. Um, People call them because they've done business with them maybe 20 years ago. Or some friend did business with them. Some friend did business with them 20 years ago. Um, their name is well known. Even in this area here, we have a lot of real estate agents that are also 
um, prominent people within the governing body of the cities um, in one form or fashion. And they use that in order to, you know, keep their real estate dreams alive. You know, we talked about a lot about the commission and everything. The other thing that we want to talk about is all the other industries that are affected by the buyer agent. See, the buyer agent actually is the catalyst yep. of business to other things. We talked about lenders. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's, let's stick on the lender for a minute. All right. Home buyers, this is how you negotiate lenders. I'm going to tell you exactly right now because there's a lot of them in our business that are just staying mom and don't want to come on the podcast and all this other stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you how to negotiate against lenders. You go to a lender, you ask them for a breakdown of what your loan would be. Okay. Once you're qualified with loan, the very next thing you're going to ask them for is a loan estimate. And the bullshit in an email is not going to work. You need to have an itemized list of all the charges they're going to charge you as closing costs at the end. If they just put that shit in the email, disregard it. It's garbage. It doesn't mean shit. It's not an official documentation. Put it in a PDF file, broken down, line item by line item. That's what you're looking for. Okay? The bullshit in the email, whatever they say, it could be this, could be that at this interest rate. Fuck that shit. It doesn't work. You need to have the itemized list. That is the loan estimate. Take that loan estimate. Go to your another lender and tell them to beat it. See if they can beat it. Okay? Ask which them. Which they will. Which they will, because they will they will cut each other's fucking throats. Again, for the reason business. why there's no collusion in real estate. Get another loan estimate. Take it to the next guy or gal, whoever that loan officer is, and do the same thing. Rinse and repeat. Do the same thing until you're at a state where the last two or three are kind of similar. At that point, you're at the bottom. Yep. You're at the bottom of your negotiation. Pick one, go forward. That's how you negotiate against lenders. Yeah. And at that point, then service becomes the catalyst, right? In an environment where all things are equal, service to the clients is the thing that has never gone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, people joke about Chick Fil A all the time and about my pleasure. No, that's awesome. Yeah, I they, love Chick Fil A. Yeah, because of that. I love them too. But there are people who joke about it all the time. But at the end of the day, every time you joke about my pleasure, guess what? Chick-fil-A is at the top of your mind. It's ingrained in your brain. And so therefore it's living in your brain rent free because you're joking about my pleasure. But at the end of the day, service to the client is the one thing that sets you apart from everybody else when everything else is equal. Yeah. When the, when the playing field is leveled, your level of service to your clients is, is the one thing that only you can control. Mm-hmm. And that is how you be everyone else. Yeah. Now for lenders, level of service is going to be difficult for a lot of people mm-hmm. because there are a lot of lenders out there who have just been stacking bodies because this has been a quantity over oh, quality real estate companies been doing the real same estate shit. companies also quantity over quality and when i say quantity over quality and stacking bodies what i mean is this right here 
Their business model relies on them continuously recruiting to bring new agents or new loan officers on into that business, that mortgage company or that brokerage. And the reason why is they believe, well, if I recruit 500 agents and each one of them just does one transaction, that's 500 transactions for my company. Yeah. Right. They're not necessarily looking for the top 10% who do 90% of the business. They will try to persuade a few of them over there by saying, hey, we're the second largest brokerage in this area, or we're the fourth largest brokerage in this we area. We outstanding customer yeah, service. You great interest Come rates. join our company. We, tr- but, we close in less days. Yeah. You know. But at the end of the day, <laughs> this comes down to service. And this mm-hmm. comes down to a lot of education and a lot of hard conversations. Literally, no one wants to have the conversation we're having tonight. No. But here we are no. because we are so passionate about what we do. I mean, in a sense, we're putting our own careers in line. We, don't we are because there's somebody out yeah. there who's going to watch this, who's going to try to bury us and use our words against us, twist the narrative and use it for their own, um, you know, mm, counter advertising, if you will, and say, oh, you don't want this guy or this this person as your agent, etc. I'm um, always going to tell you the truth. And that's why we're here today. And this is why we have a podcast. And that's why yeah. we have no we have no fear. But for the mortgage lenders. Yeah. And those out there in the referral business. Yeah. When Hold your nuts. When there's Shit's no incentive that can be offered mm. because the DOJ has adamantly spoken and said they want the real estate commissions decoupled. And what that means is, is as a listing agent, when I go in and I talk to a seller, the only thing I'm talking about is my commission. Mm-hmm. About, a listing agent. about what yeah. I'm going to do for them as right. their listing agent. I'm not talking about the buyer, the buyer's agent, and the buyer's agent commission. That's what decoupled means. If the seller so chooses mm-hmm. to give one, they may. Mm-hmm. But primarily when I go in, I'm going to be talking about just me, my commission, and how I'm going to sell their house. Yeah. So when that day comes and... From the writing on the wall, it sounds like it's coming sooner than later. When you're not able to offer an incentive, the standard of service that you provide is what's going to keep you in this business. Mm -hmm. Because you're no longer going to be able to offer incentive programs to real estate agents to feed you business. Right. And there are a lot of lenders, brokerages, that are just relying on agents to feed them business. Yeah. It's going to be in it for ourselves. If we're getting a listing, we're only going to focus on that seller and we'll bring our own buyer to it. That's it. I think what in the end, what's going to happen is the, the thing about, I'm going back to what I said before is real estate is supply and demand. Okay. How many buyers are out there looking for it? That's what's going to drive your home values up is people bidding on properties. Less people bidding on properties and more your home values will drop. I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but is the Department of Justice thinking of that? That it's going to help drive down property values because there's a, it's a big complaint with a lot of people that inflated property values that a lot of people see? Well, they clearly stated they want to see more competition in the real estate there's going to be less competition because less buyer agents are going to want to fuck with buyers because there's no money in it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and we almost missed one of the key pieces of this because our veterans out there. Yeah. 
Oh shit! They cannot pay for their own commissions. No. The VA Home Loan Guidelines, Chapter Eight, Page Eight Dash Ten, says that buyers, home buyers using a VA home loan, are not allowed to pay for real estate services such as admin fees and real estate commissions. I'll do one better for you, homie. I'll go ahead and quote it. Okay, cool. VA Guidelines, Chapter 8. Fees and commissions charged by a real estate agent or broker in connection with a VA loan may not be charged or paid by the veteran purchaser. While use of a buyer broker is not precluded, veteran purchasers may not, under any circumstances verbatim, be charged a broker's fee or commission in connection with the services of such individuals. Such information on property available for purchase and financing options is widely available to the public from a variety of sources. VA does not believe that preventing the veteran from paying buyer broker fees will harm the veteran. Now, here's the thing. If you're a veteran like us, I served 20 years and retired. You served 20 years and retired. Combined together, we have 40 years of service. Here's what I will tell you going back to my time on active duty. If I was if I was going to the next duty station, okay, when I bought my house, okay, I was moving from Louisiana. I was at Navy Recruiting District, New Orleans. I was, re- I was in the recruiting district at the time. Mm-hmm. I was moving to Virginia Beach, Virginia, all right? I had a real estate agent that basically held my motherfucking hand and guided me through the entire process That's what actually, it was so good, it actually made me want to become an agent. But anyway, he guided me through the whole thing. I didn't have to worry about anything because what I was worrying about was my move. How am I going to get my my family across country, all the logistics involved in that, and getting a house set up and everything? He helped me guide me through that. Because if I didn't have him here, what I would do is just say, okay, I'll do base housing, I'll do a fucking rental, Uh, I'll be done with it. Maybe sometime down the road I'll think about buying a house. Because now that you, as a veteran, you even if you have fifty, hundred thousand dollars sitting in your bank account, you cannot hire, pay for a buyer agent. It's against the rules in VA if you're going to use your VA loan with no money down. So now you cannot, even if you have the money, hire your own agent. Yeah, and I mean this is critical. If you are in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. The majority of home loans that are done in this area are greater than sixty percent VA home loans. Yeah. So if you are selling your house and you say I'm not going to pay a commission, well then you're not going to sell your house most likely because you have a very small probability that you're going to come across a FHA or a conventional buyer who's going to buy that house. And nobody's going to use fucking conventional loans because their interest rates are way too high. Way too high. And so it's only going to be FHA buyers. Only people are going to use them are people who are in non-conforming situations, which are millionaires, and it's not going to be a situation. Or people who are looking to buy million-dollar houses. But if they're millionaires, they're not buying a 400000 fucking house. Exactly. There's, you know, it's just what it is. Yeah. And so for the sellers out there, if you happen to be maybe in, say, Jacksonville, where there's also a large military presence, or San Diego, California. Corpus Christi, Texas, or... 
There you go. Chicago, Illinois. I would imagine around, around Great, Great Lakes, Lakes there, where yeah. the uh, boot camp is for the Navy. I have to ask my sister. She's an air, a real trip yeah. there. And then, you know, Everett, Washington, Bremerton, Washington. There are a lot of areas that are affected by this. And, you know, there are some states, some particular states that, you know, act quite... It's kind of odd, but there are a few states out there that have a higher propensity for people to join the military. Yeah. Um, my great state of Pennsylvania is one of them. <laughs> uh, and I got Texas, Philly, so. Texas is another one. There are, uh, is a higher propensity of people from Texas who join the military. Yeah. So if you were in one Shout of those states where you have people who are proud to serve the military and proud to wear the colors of this country, then you have to be concerned about this because yeah. these veterans cannot, according to the law uh, or the guidelines, I should say, of the VA home loan, pay for their own commission. Now, what makes this kind of crazy and almost an oxymoron is, is we have one government entity pushing to decouple commissions and say, no, the seller shouldn't pay for it. And then we have another, I wouldn't say entity, but maybe a department that regulates government um, entities, the VA, who says, hey, no, you can't use our loan and pay for your own commission. You have these two kind of like, no, nah, you, you have to pay for your own commission. No, you can't pay for your own commission. What's happening here? It's creating a lot of chaos. Yeah. But again, the only people who are winning here are the lawyers. Right. They get their they get their ass of the settlement. <laughs> they get their piece of the pie. A huge chunk of the settlement. Whereas At least I, that's what I believe. The sellers, after the the lawyers take their chunk of the money, uh, you, you may get a couple hundred dollars back. But is it really worth all of the unraveling of a good system that is based on hard work and merit? Like there's a lot of people who said, oh, I'm going to become a real estate agent. And then they get into the business and they realize like, no, this is way harder than I thought. Like I just seen I'm people sell a lot of houses, hair. holding keys. <laughs> I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before this right here because right. this ain't it. Yeah. Right. So in part, these laws are killing entrepreneurship. It's killing the people who are wanting to go out there and try to work as hard as they can, who believe in a good day's pay for a hard day's work. I think this is killing more than entrepreneurship on our part is killing home values. So because think about home it. ownership too. You think about it. I own a house. I own property. You own property. Yep. And let's say our property, I don't know, let's say 500000 just for yeah. the sake of mm -hmm. good math here. Let's say both of us own a home worth worth 500,000. So worth $500,000 is based on what the buyers are willing to pay for it at that time. Okay. If you have less buyers in the market now wanting to pay that same amount for that house, they're not going to, those limited buyers are going to pay the buyer agent commission for themselves. Don't want to pay $500,000 for your freaking house because those are inflated costs, but they're, they're in it for 450. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's supply and demand. It's supply and demand. So now you're, you're, because at the end of the day, no matter what your home value you think it is, you, it's only on paper. It's what the buyer is willing to pay for it. The same thing if you walk into a retail store and you say 50% off, 60% off clearance, 
That's that's inventory that that retailer could not get rid of, so they have to discount it in order to get rid of it. So what do you think happens if you have a plethora of homes and a limited amount of buyers? You think you're just going to carry around that $500,000 net worth on that house indefinitely? No. No. It's going to be based on what the buyer is going to go on clearance. It's based on what that buyer is willing to pay for that house. And you know what? The limited buyers that can pay for their buyer agent commissions are going to tell their agent, you know, $500,000 is way too much. And you know what that buyer agent says he's getting paid by that buyer says, yeah, I think we can hit him at four fifty. dollars yep. and ask him for closing costs, ask him for a new HVAC, all this other shit. Yeah. And then you're going to pay way more money in order to sell your house. Now these lawsuits tell you that they're going to get you money back. <laughs> you're gonna, you're no longer going to have to pay commissions. Well, you're right. You may not have to pay commissions, but you're going to feel the cost of a commission and it's going to be oh, yeah. many times over. And yeah. guess what? When this seller's market ends and it will end, well, it will end when them buyers come back around and it's a buyer's market they're going to be coming for blood. They're going to be very, very picky on whatever house they get. So home sellers, I will say that, and you know, this is probably not the most, you know, sensitive example, mm-hmm. but let's, let's draw the comparison here. They're going to be looking for everything perfection in that property. They're going to be looking for the most updated HVAC, the most updated roof, the most updated appliances, everything sings in great condition. And I'll tell you what, Mr. Seller, if you have not been keeping up at home maintenance, that's going to be a problem for you. If you have not updated that HVAC system that's 17 years old, that's going to be a problem for you. If you have not replaced that roof that's 20 years old, that's going to be a problem for you. Because if you have a bunch of buyers what a bunch of agents bring into you and it's driving that house value up, those things could be overlooked because it's a competition. You have too many people that are out competing against each other, but if they're not competing, they're going to be selective. Yep. And you know what? Before you list that house, you better make sure it's picture perfect. Yeah. Well, one HVAC system is equivalent to Nine grand. the... Commission, grand. Yeah, yeah, it's equivalent to the commission on <laughs> on about a three hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. So that HVAC not being updated, mm, mm. that's going to be something very easy that the buyer's agent points out. Mm, I haven't yeah. been keeping up with that cross at the space. end of its life mm. expectancy. Mm. Roof? Mm. 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 No, you don't want yeah. this. It's about to go out. So your appliance is not new. They're ten years old. Ooh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's going to be tough. Sellers, this situation is not good for you. So don't think that these people are championing you on because this is not a good situation for you. Um, You should actually go against it and say, Hey, I'm not going to participate in this because the agents who did my transaction, they gave good quality service and work. And I appreciate what they did. I sold my home in a timely manner and I was able to go on to whatever the next chapter of my life was. Mm -hmm. Don't fall victim to the lawyers who are telling you they're going to get you a lot of excess money because in the end, you're just a number in the lawsuit. And when the math is done, you're going to be shortchanged. Because it's them that want to collect that big section of the settlement. I just told you, on a billion-dollar lawsuit, the attorneys are going to collect somewhere between $330 and $400 million dollars. The remaining amount will be divided up amongst however many plaintiffs there are, how many other people came out and complained. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen. 
So you're going to get a small fraction of what you thought you were going to get. And in the end, you're going to help topple this industry that is going to eventually haunt you down the road. Yeah. There'll be less buyer agents in the mix, less buyers and less demand for your house. That's really what it comes down to. If you don't pay the agents to bring the buyers, like I said before, you get a listing agent to list your house. You're hiring that agent. You pay a buyer agent commission. You're hiring every fucking agent. And they're all hungry. And they're all hungry and they want to win your house. But if you have nobody out there, you have no bait for the fish, no bait for the sharks. You're just fishing with no bait. Clean hooks. Clean hooks. (laughs) So in closing, I asked myself, I said, okay, what happens if there is a catastrophic collapse of the real estate industry? Because let's be honest. We looked it up. The National Association of Realtors has about $3.3 billion in assets. Mm -hmm. And if they get hit with billion-dollar lawsuit after billion-dollar lawsuit after billion-dollar lawsuit, it's only a matter of time before they go deep, you know, before they go belly up. They run out of insurance. They they run out of money. They can't do it anymore. They 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 have to close it and solve it. Yep. And so, therefore, at this time, the attorneys have collected their money because they won in the very early ons, and they're just going to keep bleeding this uh, horse dry. Um, But what goes with the NRA? NAR. NAR, I'm sorry. NAR. (laughs) National Rifle Association. (laughs) Is the MLSs. Yeah. They're kind of like the smaller little brother of the National Association of Realtors where... They don't make nowhere near as much money as the um, National Association of Realtors does. And somebody could fact check me. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I see the the MLSs as more localized and their fees. The fees are smaller than the, the fees MLS are a lot than smaller. the NAR because in our area, well, last time I was, I'm not a realtor. Yeah, You're not a realtor. You yeah. know, so last time I was a realtor, I think the fees, and this was five years ago, six years ago, when I was a realtor, part of NAR, you know, be a membership. I think it was like $800 a year. And to be MLS, it was like 250 every three months or some shit. Yep. Four months. But yep. Yeah. Uh, so no, you are right. Three months. Yeah. So they, they collect a shit ton more money. Yeah. I would think. So Does that math work. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You're better at math than me, homie. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more people that are paying. The, the MLS is, uh, has, a, has a smaller number of people who are paying into their pot of money, if you will, vice the National Association of Realtors. But so if the National Association, National Association of Realtors fails, most likely the MLSs will fail right behind them. Mm-hmm. They're not built to sustain million or billion dollar lawsuits. They're just not. No, um, they don't collect enough fees for that, and they have staff. They have to um, hire and and everything. So that's not going to happen. So if you have a collapse of the National Association of Realtors and the MLSs, then the governing bodies of real estate then really becomes the wild wild yeah, west. It becomes the wild west, right? Yeah. So then I say to myself. Well, who is capable to step in and fill the void? And there's only one name that actually comes to mind out of all of them. 
Zillow. And it's Zillow. Yeah. And you see, in 2015, Zillow acquired its near-peer competitor, which was Trulia, for $2.5 billion. Yeah. And then in the same year, they acquired Dotloop, which is a contract management software system that a lot of brokerages use. For instance, Berkshire Hathaway or Home Services of America, one yeah. of the largest um, brokerages in the industry. Yeah. And then uh, just a few years later in 2018, Zillow acquired uh, Mortgage Lenders of America, which was later rebranded in 2019 as Zillow Home Loans. But what it gave it was the ability to do title work and give loans, home loans. Yeah. And so then in 21, Zillow acquired Showing Time, which gave it the capability to... Uh, schedule showings for buyers and sellers to negotiate on a time on when might be met best for them to view a home. And then lastly, just last year, Zillow, cherry on top, acquired the largest real estate client relationship management software company, which is Follow Up Boss. Now, in an industry or in a world in a catastrophic failure of the real estate industry where the MLSs and the National Association of Realtors goes away, Zillow could quickly step in as the void, the person that fills the void, because most buyers shop for their home on Zillow. Yeah. So they go to Zillow, they click on a house, they have the little showing time uh, times down there, days and times. So the buyer can say, oh, I want to see it on Friday at five. Yeah. Now the seller is listed the property with Zillow. So they click, okay, I don't have to use an agent because I just click on this time, Saturday at five, click on the time. It notifies the seller. The seller says, okay, yeah, Saturday at five is great. I'll leave the door unlocked or maybe Zillow gives them some type of a lockbox key number or door code, whatever. Yeah. And the buyer goes, in, views the house. Oh, I love it. Zillow says, great. We're going to set you up with a, one of our loan officers, gives them a loan. Now Zillow sends them to Zillow home loans. They get approved for a loan. Now they put in an offer through Dot Loop, which is a contract uh, management system that most real estate brokers or agents have heard of and have used in the past. The contract is written and agreed to between the buyer and the seller. And then you have a transaction because Zillow Home Loans also does title and escrow, so they could do title escrow and close the transaction. Meanwhile, Zillow is the main one and really the only person who could profit off of the collapse of the real estate industry. You know, it's funny because you know, ha you know, I've been following everything you've been following about Zillow and everything, and uh, I'm not a hater on Zillow to be quite honest. Yeah. I think what they're doing is exactly right. Now, I will say, with as much chaos as they're going with the status quo in the real estate industry, if they don't make that move to take over now, their executive leadership is fucking No, I think they wait. You See, think? if they come in now, there's still going to be competition. But if they wait until after the lawyers bleed the NAR dry and there's no fight left in them and they have no choice but to give up, businesses give up because they run out of capital. The lawsuits tackle the capital problem. They can't get insured anymore because everybody knows that they're gunning for them. Yeah. The MLSs get bled dry. They can't afford to sustain themselves either. They run out of capital. They die. 
At that point, Zillow steps in as the void. They do it subtly. It's like, hey, come list your house on our website. We have the largest um, shoppers, you know, the, the largest demographic is just shoppers who are shopping for home shop on Zillow. We're the number one site. Now, here's the thing. I started asking myself, why all of a sudden did homes.com start dumping tons of money into advertising? They ran so many ads during the Super Bowl. Does homes.com have a cue or a clue that maybe this is the right time to get into this industry and maybe they see themselves as somebody who could rival Zillow in a world where the National Association of Realtors and MLSs are defunct? I, I, I don't know. You know, they have statisticians. They can measure risk in different ways that we can't measure risk. You know, we just don't have that type of talent to help us out. I don't think it's the talent. It's the data. We don't have access to the data. True. Yeah. I, you know what? Again, but here's the problem with Zillow. It's their revenue. Okay. So how do they get revenue? You think about it because their public site is free. So any user can go on it and search for homes and blah, 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 blah. But how do they typically get revenue? They get revenue off people buying their stock. So they have working capital. They also have, um, agents that pay them. So anybody that like looks at a house online on Zillow and you call and you reach some sort of agent other than the listing agent. And it's some, it's because that agent or their team member or their brokerage, which is the real estate company paid for that phone call. And that phone call in our area, I think last time I checked when I was buying leads, that was somewhere around thousand dollars per phone call. Easy. Yeah, so about $1,000 per phone call, that's what it costs for you to connect to that agent. So at $1,000 per phone call, let's just average that and say that just for a variable. $1,000 per phone call, that's how, that's the revenue they're generating plus the advertising because if you're a user and you go on Zillow and you're looking around for homes, you see these agent faces pop up. Those agents are paying to be there. So that's another revenue stream. The other revenue stream that they have also is Zillow offers where they offer cash offers for homes. Those are usually distressed properties. They're getting close to like uh, possibly foreclosure or it's just a property where somebody, this is, these are typically properties we buy. So these are typically as investors, as investors. So like these are folks that like uh, it's just too much, too much maintenance done, too much damage to the property where they couldn't reasonably sell it in a market where lenders have certain condition requirements on that house in order for these home loans to be approved. So they have to, they have to do it in unconventional ways to sell it. That's where cash offers come in. Zillow is offering that too. Plus their home loans, plus their home loans, plus their title work. Yep. So interesting how Zillow ends up doing that because if they can't do the flex program where they're getting 30, 35% of a commission, that commission no longer exists possibly. Now you're, you know, you're selling ads to agents that would buy it for buyers, but agents won't, won't invest in buyers if there's no commission. So, okay, there's no revenue there. So you're almost solely going to have to go off of the revenue of Zillow home loans and cash offers. 
or stock purchasers. So I don't see Zillow has a very hard predicament in this case because they can lose two revenue streams like that and could be major revenue streams. And how does that keep the company from continuing unless they do that transition very, very strategically? Yeah, but see, I don't think one shoe drops into the other one does. See, I yeah. think you're still going to have agents who are going to continue to invest in leads until, you know, there's some ruling that comes out and definitively says, hey, um, sellers can't pay commissions. Okay, until that happens, though, then what? I mean, so once that does happen, let's just say it does mm -hmm. happen. Let's say that DOJ gets involved, everybody, uh, you know, and let's say the Supreme Court doesn't, he doesn't agree with the NAR or the, uh, you know, uh, Home Services of America, which is Berkshire Hathaway. And okay, great. We have to decouple commissions and buyers, no shit, have to pay their buyer agents commission. Great news for sellers, but is it great news? You know, here, so here we go to Zillow. You know, they're based, no buyer agent is going to, uh, you know, the agent that's, that's buying leads for buyers, no fucking way. They're going to buy leads. They're going to be fucking idiots if they do this. If they buy leads with no fucking uh, guarantee of uh, calculating their return on investment. So if they can't calculate their ROI and figure out what the commission is going to be if they buy $1,000 for a fucking phone call. There's no way that they're going to keep buying fucking Zillow advertising. It make no damn sense. You'll dig yourself into the fucking debt and you'll be done in the real estate business. What else are you going to do? So other than that, it's, uh, you know, Zillow would get their, get their, get their uh, money from Zillow home loans and which is, you know, 500 basis points, which is 5% of the loan value. You know, other than that, you know, it'd just be on par with every other lender. I mean, so, I mean, there is a clear path to taking over the industry. The question is, is how Zillow will initiate that and make it happen. They're going to have to have some executives that are very fucking smart and know what the fuck they're doing in order to make this happen. But this, if this was any, any time in history where this was the, the clear path to taking over, this is the time of chaos in the industry. Yeah, but see, then I think they have to worry about a monopoly being called also. Antitrust division, DOJ says, no, nah, this is a monopoly. We can't allow that to happen either. I mean, but they still got competitors. They got Redfin. They got other mm, I don't think so because Redfin's also part of lawsuits and stuff like that also. Plus, they haven't really ever turned a profit either. They've been operating in the red for a very long time. So I can't see them actually being a competitor in this. The only one person that actually stands a chance in this is Homes.com. And I'm not. Homes.com? Homes.com. Really? They are spending billions of dollars on advertising. Billions. How are they getting the money? I don't. They co-star bought Homes.com. And co-star also owns Apartments.com. Mm. And so therefore... Then rent.com then probably too. Yeah, they, they have the backing and they're literally the only person that I can see in the space that can compete on that level with Zillow. And they're the only ones who has the capital that can outlast the fight. Yeah. And so then it becomes a duopoly 
of these two right here because realtor.com goes to the wayside with the NAR. Hmm. But no, I thought NAR doesn't old, own a significant section mm, of realtor.com anymore. portion of it, but somehow it would have to be separated. In a lawsuit situation where they have to pay fines and fees and that, somehow they have to be separated. They have to sell off their portion of realtor.com, their stake in it, in order to pay off lawsuits. Hmm. Well, shit, man. Probably have to continue to do this on another podcast. Yeah, this, this could go way, way, yeah, way yeah, into yeah. the weeds. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in and listening to our banter. If you like this video, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment below. Let us know what you think about it. Let us know about the NAR ruling. If you're a homeowner, are you going to offer a buyer agent commission having heard all this or or not? And, and you know, home buyers, let us know what you think as well. You know, this is going to add to your cost of home ownership. Is this something you're going to have to keep putting off, you know, year after year after year until you save enough money? Anyway, guys, thanks for watching. See you soon.